Happy Hump Day. Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. The rain has stopped for now here in the Valley of the Sun. The sun is out. But in most of the country, that is not the case. Uh, Jason was talking to me before uh, we got on here. Snowing sideways in Johnstown right now. Listen, sit back, relax. Strap on that seatbelt, leave the driving to me, and make sure you are ready. The blizzard of the century may be happening all across, the, well, I guess the the heart, if you will, of the country. I, I saw this morning, not that I watch a lot, a lot of weather, but they're, they're saying hurricane force winds, very possible in the like in the midwestern states in this uh bomb blizzard bomb or whatever they're calling it uh Colorado says they may have 24 hours of snow uh get the shovels out fire up them snow blowers hot chocolate for everybody uh but stay safe out there uh I don't know here we I thought we we're I don't know if it's going to rain again today or not. I, I saw in the forecast that I think it may again, but uh, still pretty good weather here compared to a lot of other places. 800-951-0592 is our toll-free number. The website at allamericangold.com. And if you go out there today, one of my favorites is out there. It's down near the bottom. You know, I, I like to, you know, spread the wealth around. The, what if I would if you were to to say double who if if you had to pick one guy whose opinion and remember all of these are opinions right whose opinion would you value the most and and it would be Jeffrey Gunlodge for sure uh, he he is I think he, number one he's such a straight shooter. Uh, number two, he's got an incredible track record. And uh, like anything else, when you follow the billions, uh, somehow seemingly those billionaires like to give their money to him. Uh, so he's the guy down near the bottom. There's a video with him. You better listen. I'm going to break down some of it, not the video itself, but some of what he had to say about where we're heading and not where we're heading next year or the year after, where we're heading this year. So so make sure you tune in. We'll get to him right after the break. Uh, we had economic data out, and, and we'll get to all that as well. But have you heard about the bribery scandal at uh, the prestigious universities across the country where the rich people, I don't go figure, Right, what was it? everybody that ran for president? Uh, all those wealthy people, right? Their their parents all helped them dodge the draft, right? They paid somebody or or what have you. Now, apparently, what they do, and my guess is it's probably been going on for a really, 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 really long time. They pay to get their kids into Yale and Harvard and USC and, and, and Stanford. Yeah, in other words, hey, my kid's a good student. But, you know, the getting into these places is extremely difficult. 
and they've got less of a chance. You know, let's face it. Up, uh, you're white. Yeah, that means you're you got less of a chance. That's just listen. That's not a racist thing. That's just a fact. Right? These schools now, diversity is everything to them. And so these parents, these wealthy parents, figured out a way to bribe people at these schools that would would get their kids into college. Like at Yale, you wanted to bribe your way into Yale, $1.2 million does the trick. <laughs> and, and, and some of it was brilliant. They would go to, I don't know, the rowing coach. Or maybe they would go to the tennis coach. I think in one case... It was the basketball coach. Now, these schools, the vast majority of the schools in question, they don't offer athletic scholarships like if you're going to ASU or to Colorado, right? They, you know, they give you a full ride, pay for all your stuff. These schools don't do that. But what they do do is they... they you know, and of course, obviously, these wealthy people, they're going to pay full price, right? They're not going to get, you get, uh, if your kid's a really good student, you get grant money for your good grades, but then the rest of it's based on income of how much you got to pay. Well, what they did is they would go to these coaches and they'd say, hey, coach, uh, my kid doesn't row the boat. Man, my kid doesn't play tennis. Well, he does at the country club, but he, he, he's not any good at it. But we need you, uh, here's a little envelope, and we need you to uh, say to the school that, hey, listen, I need your help. I want to get this kid on the rowing team, and I need you to let him in. You know, I know a little bit about this, not the bribing part. <laughs> Definitely not the bribing part. But my, my oldest son, he goes to school that way at Lake Forest. Right? This was a school that, that maybe he could have got into, maybe not, but because he was a football player, he's in. And so this was just part of this whole thing. And, yeah, they were these rich parents were essentially paying for their kids to go to these schools. Of course, you're going to see all the people flip out now because some poor kid didn't get in because the rich kid did. But, hey, there's always more than one way to skin a cat, isn't there? Uh, I'm a little upset and a little jealous all at the same time. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Marie, Patriot Radio News Hour is here. 800-951-0592. The gold rally continues. The, the what well, I'll call the fake sell-off that occurred, what was it, about a week ago, week and a half ago, uh, now over. And gold and silver back into its climb. You know, we've been seeing this pattern of higher highs and higher lows. Uh, right now, gold's up another 10 bucks today, uh, 13.08. And, and you'll see different amounts on Kitco, uh, but the, the price is the, the same. 13.08, uh, gold started rallying uh, in the aftermarket yesterday. Silver uh, right with it. Now uh, getting ready to cross uh, 
1550, just under 1550, 1543 an ounce on silver. Uh, we'll keep you updated. We're chasing some things as far as uh, trying to put together something really good for you before the end of the program. Uh, so so be ready for that. Now, just to finish that college, and just so you know, at these schools, Yale and Harvard, Princeton, University of San Diego, uh, the, these schools are great, obviously, academic institutions. But the way their sports programs work is a little different than a lot of people know. But So these kids said, hey, I'm not going to be on the rowing team, right? I suck at basketball, right? My, I play tennis at the country club with my mommy. I'm not actually going to get play for the school. I'm just going to have the coach say that I am. So that way the school's like, oh, okay, the tennis coach, oh, we'll let this kid in. You actually don't have to play at those schools. And there's not a lot they can do about it. In other words, none of your financial package is supposed to be an athletic-type scholarship to begin with. Now, we all know coaches have ways of making sure certain kids get certain funds that are out there, but none of these kids would get those. But this is how they did it. So I uh, just wanted to let you all know that in case you're thinking, well, I don't understand. if they, Why would the basketball coach do it? Because he's be a bad basketball player. Yeah, they were doing it because they got an envelope full of cash, and the kid was never going to be on the basketball team. Brilliant. And once you're in, you're in. Right? You don't have to actually play in the sport anymore, and you're still there. It's like my, my son could quit the football team today. He'd still be at Lake Forest. Now, next year, when we apply, because every year when you do the uh, the process here, when you get these uh, grants and whatnot, you got to apply every year. I, I would, uh, I would not be, I'd be lying to you if all of a sudden, hey, the the amount of money he was getting would would drop some, right? All all of a sudden, hey, okay. Uh, you lost uh, five, six thousand dollars of grants that where he say you no longer qualify for. But outside of that, he could still go to school there. But uh, I found it fascinating. Wow, these, you know, like I said, I'm upset that uh, you know it's ridiculous, and at the same time, I'm jealous, right? You know, if I could write Yale a check for one point two million and get my kid in, I'd do it. I think, nah, probably not. Probably not. I, I that's that's I say I would do it. I wouldn't uh, because you know. At first of all, one point two million. I can I can find a way to spend that. <laughs> My kid's on his own. After a stellar rebound, Jeffrey Gunlotch is out warning his investors again. He warned everybody in December. He says that the stock market was and still is in a bear market. And, and and here's the funny thing about, and I'll get into everything that he's talking about with this. You know I see all the data. Well, all the data that they actually will publish, right? I, I don't have, you know, the MIT mafia working for me, so obviously the Federal Reserve will have more data. 
it's almost non-believable what Wall Street has done. All of you with your 401ks, I'm sorry. I am. I wish you could do something. I don't know how to protect you. Right? Because as all of you know, right, you're in this 401k and, you know, all you get to do is check a box. Oh, yeah, but I want this fund or that fund. I want the aggressive fund or the bond fund or the uh, overseas fund. I don't know. Because the data really is the same everywhere. Don't be fooled. It's not different here. I know they tell you it's different on the idiot box. It's not. In an investor webcast yesterday, he is saying the stock market is going to go negative again in 2019. The stock market dipped into bear market territory on Christmas Eve. Remember, it? I've made fun of this. It was the one-day bear market. <laughs> right? And, of course, it was Christmas Eve. The market was closed on Christmas And then the plunge protection team came in and fixed it all. By the way, a bear market is a 20% decline from a 52-week high. Okay, so which in this case, for for us, this was an all-time high, right? The Dow had an all-time high, fell 20% on, not all on Christmas Eve, but Christmas Eve, the the big sell-off on that day got, got us down 20%. The stock market has since staged an almost unbelievable comeback. Gunlatch credits the market rebound to the 180-degree turn from the Federal Reserve. Right? Remember, we saw that. Right? They had their meeting on December 13th. And they went out and they have the press conference. I mean, they had it all. They raised rates, had the press conference. Jay Powell came out and looked like a horse's ass. By refusing to acknowledge their own data. And the, the stock market sold off every single day. All the way up through Christmas Eve. And then right after that, Jay Powell said... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Quick, get me on TV. Hey, let, we're, 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 calm down. You know what? We're going to be patient. Yeah, yeah. We're Forget all that stuff I said 10 days ago. <laughs> right. Hey, two weeks ago, things have changed. And, of course, we got the word patient when it came to rate hikes. There's not going to be any. I'm just telling you now. There's no rate hikes. See, that's not the problem. The problem is there's going to be rate cuts. Write it down. He said that the central bank is also prepared to adjust the balance sheet unwind. I think we're going to hear more about that in the next 30 days. It's going to end pretty real soon. Right? We have a problem, right? We already have a problem selling the amount of debt we need to sell. And the Federal Reserve adding to that amount isn't helping. The weakening economic data from the United States 
are sending a dramatic bear signal, according to Gunlatch in his webcast. Now, I want you to, to, to focus in on something that was very key. He didn't talk about data from China or, or, or Europe or Asia or Central America. Right here. And I know you're not hearing this, but it is. This is the, the slowdown is dramatic. Now, are there other places that are maybe worse? Maybe, right? Is China worse? Maybe. I don't know. I don't live there. Is Europe worse? Probably. But don't be fooled. We're not that good. He said the data highlighted by deteriorating hard data. Right, the hard data, that's that's stuff like durable goods, retail sales, something that now even though they seasonally adjust it, you've got numbers. And then the soft data. Right? Those are your surveys, PMI, uh, um, consumer confidence, right? Stuff like that. Of course, I, I don't really know I've never had a survey done for me, so I don't know who they talk to, but nonetheless, the collapse in retail sales. The new bond king of the world is a respected prognosticator on financial markets and oversees $120 billion in assets. And I have the webcast up on our webpage today. you got to scroll down to get it, but it's there. I encourage all of you to listen. When you when you really look at the numbers, right? And and forget about anything else, right? Forget about what interest rates are. Forget about when the bonds buying stops, and just look at the numbers. Yesterday we talked about the Atlanta Federal Reserve. They do a GDP now. It's at point two. Right? And they're always they always start overly optimistic. Today we had durable goods again. So we've got a lot of data. We're catching up now from the shutdown. Because we we had a durable goods number like a week and a half ago. Now we got another one. Now this one's the January durable goods number. And again, the headline will say durable goods up. Boeing, uh, again, uh, Boeing uh, had uh, some orders. Now, people are starting to worry about Boeing with the the whole software issue on these planes that seemingly are crashing all over the place. Uh, well, I shouldn't say all over the place, just two of them. Uh, but but um, when you look at the number, when you take that number out, you take out defense spending, you take out Boeing, Durable goods is down again. Where's all this business spending that they keep talking about? It's not there. It's not in the data. It's not. And, and so you, you you see all these. We had producer prices out again, right? The no inflation thing. So we got a couple of things going on. They They say no inflation. Businesses really aren't spending. 
But yet they say wages are growing. By the way, on the wages growing thing, uh, for the second, third, was it the third, third straight month in a row, uh, the average hourly work week fell. Right, they're doing the old Amazon thing with Whole Foods. Hey, we're gonna pay everybody fifteen bucks, but we're gonna cut all your hours to do it. Uh, kind of the same thing uh, that that is happening. But now uh, he's warning. Here's what he says: Not only are we going to test the Christmas Eve lows. Okay, so you think Christmas Eve? I think it got to 21,800, right? We're at 25,700. You know, essentially we're up 4,000 Dow points since Christmas Eve. And you think about about where we were, 4.2% in the second quarter GDP, 3.4% in the third quarter. GDP. They said 2.6% in the fourth quarter, and that number is going to be revised down unless they pull out some other crazy number in there. Even the 2.6 to get to that, they had a huge whopper of a lie in there. But irregardless, now Atlanta GDP says 2.10. Yet the Dow's almost back to where it was. I think Gunlet's got a point. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. One of the fundamental differences between conservatives and liberals is that while conservatives are generally straightforward enough to say what we actually mean, Liberals try to hide their views because they know their radicalism will not play well in Peoria. However, every once in a while, the mask falls just long enough for a mainstream liberal politician to reveal their true colors. That was the case not long ago for Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, who made some truly despicable comments in an interview about a late-term abortion bill. However, Northam's comments did not just advocate for late-term abortion. He plainly and unashamedly made the case for infanticide, the killing of infants after birth. Northam said, quote, If a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly what would happen. The infant would be delivered. The infant would be kept comfortable. The infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. The discussion Northam refers to is the discussion of whether the living child should be murdered or not. I do not have to tell you that this kind of talk is completely antithetical to our American values. The thought that anyone would be advocating for the murder of infants in America is simply shocking. The thought of an elected official like Governor Northam doing this is even worse. He should be removed from office immediately. The American people should demand a swift and heartfelt apology. We simply cannot tolerate this sort of mentality in the land of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's un-American, uncivilized, and unacceptable. To date, Governor Northam, who is a pediatrician, has not issued any kind of apology or walked back his remarks. What's more, feminist and pro-abortion groups are not coming out in opposition to his remarks. That should be a big red flag to every American. It means Northam is not alone in his radical, murderous beliefs. This is what the left wants to legalize from sea to shining sea. 
This is more than a debate about policy. This is a fight for the very soul of America. May God have mercy on us if we do not stand up now to fight for our children. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The traditional family is the building block of our communities and country. That's why it's imperative to support strong marriages, respect fathers, and champion stay-at-home moms. At phyllisschlafly.com, we oppose the liberal attempt to redefine the family. To join us, visit phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Jeffrey Gunlatch was out again talking to his investors. During his webcast, which he called the United States on a highway to hell. Is that ACDC? I think it was. Highway to hell. Calling all of these economists that think that the United States already with $22 trillion of debt can just simply print as much debt as they want and it'll all be fine. Calling them a bunch of crockpots and said that people who have PhDs in economics are actually buying the complete nonsense of what they're calling the modern monetary theory, which is, ah, it's fine. See, listen, we got to $22 trillion and it's still okay. Is it? Really? Are you living better than your parents? I mean, are you really living better than your parents? Right? We, we home ownership rates, the lowest in decades. You know, they talk about, oh, the unemployment rate's lowest since the 60s. <laughs> home ownership rates, the lowest since the 60s. Right? You, you see what I'm saying? America, and I hate to tell you this, but I'm just going to be honest with you. The central bank has robbed us all and claimed economic growth. Wall Street isn't representative of our lives, and it hasn't been now for decades. Right? I mean, think about like Amazon, one of the darlings, right? They, They hire minimum wage workers. I mean, that's really what they do. Now, then don't get me wrong. They got, you know, obviously Bezos, the richest man in the world. They, they got people that make a bunch of money there, but the vast majority of their employees work in a warehouse. And even then, they're trying to get rid of them. And, and Gunlatch is saying the argument is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if he's taking a shot at Jay Powell, taking a shot at the central bank. It sounds good for a first grader, he said. (laughs) What happens when the economy turns down? Brings up a great point. 
The problem is now he's saying, I think the economy is going to turn down this year. And one of the things that, that he's saying is not only are we going back to Christmas Eve lows, we're going lower. Buckle up. This is a guy I have more respect for this guy, and I've been doing this a long time. And and nobody that nobody has a track record as good as his. Always warning people about things when they make no sense. And he's a guy, listen, there's lots he'll come right out. Everybody should buy stocks. He was that guy. For the last five years, and then all of a sudden, at the end of last year, he's like, hey, get ready. Get ready. How about this one? We're down to 5,406 FDIC-insured banks and thrifts. So that, that includes banks and credit unions, okay? So put them together, we're down to 5,400 of them. If you just take the banks, we got less than 5,000. The rest of them are credit unions. You know, when Reagan was president, there was over 18,000 banks. See, and there was a reason for that. They said, hey, banks, you can't get too big. Because if you get too big, People are going to figure out the FDIC insurance thing is nonsense. It's just not true. I mean, they can say it. Hey, we insure up to $250,000 for everybody. If Bank of America goes under, Wells Fargo, U.S. Bank, J.P. Morgan, they've got trillions of dollars of deposits, insured deposits. The FDIC doesn't even have $50 billion. See, they used to prevent banks from getting that big. And now, of course, right, we understood, right, the Fed, the central bank bailed them all out uh, however many years ago now. Was that 10, 11 years ago now? In the fourth quarter of 2018, Remember what Gundelach was saying about the hard data. Among all of the banks and thrifts, they more than doubled year-over-year losses, but yet reported higher net operating revenue and, of course, they had lower income tax expense, right? That was the big winner for the banks. They said that because of the tax cuts, they reported a 44% rise in income to $237 billion. Now, of course, of that, I want to say like $80 billion of that, the central bank gave them. In the quarterly banking profile released by the FDIC. However, the banks have another bucket that you don't hear about on the idiot box. 
It's called the unrealized losses. Now, let's just break down that word, unrealized. In other words, what the bank tells the FDIC is, hey, we have this debt. We loaned this money out to whoever it was. We haven't sold the bonds. We're holding on to these. But they're not worth the money we paid for it or we loaned out, right? We loaned out a billion. It's not worth a billion anymore. But since we haven't sold it, we're not going to show it on our quarterly reports. I'm going to tell you what that number was when we return. 800-951-0592. Been running a lot of gold this week. Today I have a silver item. It's an item that we haven't sold a lot of until recently. We have rolls of U.S. silver rounds. And it'll be whatever you get, because I got a little of this, little of that. Some of them are, are actually going to be, uh, you know, currency, right, will be uh, the Mexican silver uh, their version of the Silver Eagle. I got some Canadian. I've even got some U.S. ones that are a little more beat up. And then I've got the traditional rounds. Really nice ones. All different kinds. Right now, rolls of U.S. Silver Eagles, as we know, right? Huge demand. Skyrocketing demand this year for Silver Eagles. Premiums way up. Silver Eagle rolls. Are three hundred and eighty-five bucks a roll for twenty ounces of silver. I can get you twenty ounces of silver today in rounds. Fifty dollars a roll less. That's just value, right? All the way down to three hundred and thirty-five bucks for rolls of silver rounds, and I've got oh. I'm trying to do some math in my head here, so it takes me a little well, a little longer. Fifty to seventy-five rolls. Well, yeah, let's call it fifty rolls. Fifty rolls of rounds. They're live. I've got them here in Phoenix. Jason's got them up in Colorado. I don't recommend driving in Colorado today, but uh, they are live in stock. U.S. Silver rounds. 20 silver rounds in the roll, 335 bucks. That's $50 less than what you can buy a roll of silver eagles. That's $2.50 an ounce less at 800-951-0592. And, and I, you know, you got Goldman Sachs, Gunletch, and so many others saying, listen, 14 $1,500 gold in 2019. You know, silver's going with it. And, and already, I, I, you know, and I've been saying it now for the last year and a half, silver is so undervalued uh, right now that uh, I think it's going to be the best performer. 
Gold's going to do real well this year. I think silver uh, should do uh, even better. Uh, so pick them up here at 800-951-0592. So we're digging in. Because remember, you hear on the idiot box how great everything is. Right? We're so good. The economy's great. Everybody's getting paid. Unemployment's low. You know, forget about the, the consumer not buying anything. Forget about car sales. Forget about home sales. Forget about the slowdown and just about everything. And the banks come out and said, thanks to the tax cuts, we made $237 billion. But, well, I just got music in my ear, Jason. All right, so anyway, the banks said they earned $237 billion. Right? And this is what we get on the TV. But see, they report a quarterly banking profile to the FDIC. And for the first year since, I want to say, 2008, the banks reported unrealized losses. So you think about, you know what, most of the time since this quote-unquote recovery, the banks have said, hey, listen, all these loans have done real well. According to the profile, banks reported unrealized losses of $251 billion. So let's see. You said you made $237 billion. Of course, $80 billion of that came from the Federal Reserve. And then you think about the tax cuts probably gave you another $80 billion. Right? So even this inflated $237 billion, they reported unrealized losses of $251 billion. In other words... If we had to mark our portfolio to the market, the 5,406 banks and credit unions in the country lost money last year. So you think about how great is the economy really? Now, the reason they don't have to do it is because they didn't sell them. And said, well, since we didn't sell them, we know they're not worth the paper it's printed on. But we didn't sell them, so we don't have to tell everybody. Final segment today. I apologize. <laughs> it's live radio. Let me, let me tell you where we're at. There is a massive blizzard going on in Colorado right now. The transmitter is, is down. But if you go to 1360KHNC.com, you click the, the Listen Live button, we're there. Streaming's up and running. Phoenix is good. Uh, Ramon told me, keep going. You're great. Uh, so that's just what's happening out there for all of you. Uh, go to the stream. Go to the stream. You'll find us. We'll be there. 800 951 
U.S. Silver Rounds. What a deal. In stock. Like I said, Colorado, wait a few days. They're not going anywhere. Uh, we have U.S. Rolls and U.S. Silver Rounds at $335. You're saving 50 bucks, a, uh, 50 bucks a roll over a Silver Eagle. When it gets to that, you know, when you start getting over and saving over $2 an ounce, $2.5 an ounce, you know, it, it's time to... As a value play uh, to jump at it, three hundred thirty-five dollars on U.S. or well, U.S. Most of them are U.S. Some aren't. Uh, silver rounds, three hundred thirty-five dollars a roll of twenty. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Make sure you go out, listen to uh, Jeff Gunlatch's webcast on our website today. Scroll down; it's near the bottom. Uh, talking about this, he, the rally that we've had. Nothing more than an overreaction to the Federal Reserve really realizing how bad the data is starting to get. Um, and he thinks we're actually not only are we going to retest the lows, we're going to break those lows from Christmas Eve. So let's watch for that. Then uh, Wolf Richter, great job talking about the FDIC's quarterly banking profile for the first time and well, 2017, they reported a, a it was a tiny little loss, massive losses in what the banks characterized as unrealized. In other words, we don't have to tell people we're losing money on these loans because we haven't sold them. Unrealized losses exceeded. The blown-up, inflated profits of $237 billion. Unrealized losses, $251 billion. By the way, uh, of course, you know, obviously, uh, I've already told you, this is the largest losses since the, I guess, since the bailout. And the banks reported losses, unrealized losses in every single quarter of 2018, and they only set aside $14 billion in loan loss provisions. That's it. They had unrealized losses of $250 billion. <laughs> they said, oh, well, uh, well, well, we'll put aside $14 billion. They declared dividends of $52 billion. Listen, they only care about them disgorging themselves. Charge-offs, only $13 billion. So they said, okay, we're going to write off $13 billion, and we're going to put $14 billion aside. Loans 90 days or more past due. You get the picture rising. Patriot Radio News Hour, uh, a weird Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow. Everybody take care. Have a great day.